When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another fun episode of I've Got a Secret. All of you know that I'm a Texas girl at heart, so of course I love country music. I am over the moon today to be talking to a country music icon, the wonderful, talented Martina McBride. Martina is celebrating 30 years in the country music industry and is being honored by the Country Music Hall of Fame with an exhibit called Martina McBride, The Power of Her Voice. Throughout her impressive career, Martina has recorded 14 albums, has been nominated for 14 Grammys, and has sold over 23 million copies of her records. And she's done all of this while also raising three gorgeous daughters with her husband. So today, we're here to talk about the secret to sharing your powerful voice with the world. Welcome, Martina. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here. I am gonna just start off with letting you know, I'm a huge, huge fan of yours, huge fan. Thank you. I have been listening to your music since I know the very first song you ever put out. And I play it in our home all the time, over and over, it's in my car. So I just, I have to let you know, I'm like a stalker fan almost. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Uh, I appreciate that. Let me tell you, I just am thrilled that you're getting this honor. The Country Music Hall of Fame you're talking about? Yes, yes, congratulations. Thank you. It's been a dream of mine for a while to have an exhibit there. It's such a, an amazing museum and such an honor to be featured. And our, our exhibit's going to be up for a year. So <gasps> lots of time for people to come and see it. Oh, wow. I can't wait to see it myself. Uh, you are celebrating, like I said, 30 years in the music industry. Does it feel like it's been 30 years? No, it's flown by. I mean, it's just, you know, time flies. This the, the saying, and it's true in this case, it's just, it seems like just yesterday we were, I mean, you know, in some ways it does. I mean, you can look back on your career and, and remember different times, but it's flown by. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can all say that as we get older and we have monumental events in our life, we can always say, you know, yeah, it seems like yesterday, but then sometimes, just like you said, when we think of very important events in our life, sometimes it does seem like it just flew by. But uh, I want my listeners to know that I'm looking at you right now. You don't even look 30. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) well, thank you. That's very nice. (laughs) You just look amazing. You're gorgeous. So it's the 30 years has been really good to you. You can tell that maybe... It's been probably a very good, great, happy 30 years because you you are just glowing. Oh, thank you. It's definitely been a great 30 years. Can you speak to how you've earned such incredible longevity in this tough industry? You know, I think a couple of things uh, have contributed to that. First of all, it's a goal that I set out to have. That was one of my goals was to have a long career. I mean, it's not it wasn't something that I you know, you never know if that's going to happen or not. But I think you make decisions along the way. If, if that is one of your goals, you make decisions based on a bigger picture, based on a long-term, you know, viewpoint. So some of the decisions I made with the songs that I chose, the way I toured, were probably 
contributed to that. So yeah, I think that's that's a, has a lot to do with it. And it's just kind of a mindset when yeah. you start out. I think that's great advice right there for those in the industry just starting out that you have to stop mm -hmm. in the beginning and I'm sure throughout your career, but it's very smart to make decisions when you start about how to have longevity. Very mm -hmm. important decisions. Yeah, and I think in authenticity, you know, I, I, I was always and still am very hands-on with my career, which is another piece of advice I would give a new artist because everybody ha has opinions and ideas about how you should do things and how you, even your image and everything. But like, for me, it was always important that I am hands-on and so what people see is what they get. It's really authentic. And I feel like I feel like people over time then start to trust you. Yeah. And they they trust that that it's a real connection. So uh, I think that contributes to longevity in a career as well. I just love that. And you know, that was one reason I wanted to do this podcast and why I named it I've Got a Secret, because like you've just shared some really important secrets of your own for being in the industry and staying authentic, being authentic and being hands-on. I think that is so important because your your listeners, your fans know what to expect every time you step on the stage or every time you release right. a song. Yeah, and they trust that it comes, it's really coming from me. It's not some manufactured image or somebody's idea of what I should be doing. It's it's really, I'm doing it because it's, it's me and it's what I wanna do. And, and you know, as in any relationship in life, the only way you can build a true connection is by being honest yes. and, and having honesty. And, and um, so, yeah, I think that's very important. I love that. I love that you, hands-on is so important in that every song that you've put out, it's when you have your heart in it and you made the decision to do it. And I love that. Did it all feel like really hard work at the time or did you just put your head down and, and get through it? That's kind of what I did. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm from the Midwest, I'm from Kansas. And so we have a very can-do attitude. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, people will ask me questions sometimes that are pretty kind of analytical about my career. And I'm, I think to myself, I don't know, I just did it. I just did whatever it took, you know, within reason and staying true to myself as we've discussed, but you know, yeah, it was a lot of hard work, but it's, you know, at the time it's exciting. It's fun. You don't really think of it as work. I mean, I would get tired and um, especially once I started having kids on the road with me, yeah. my, my children, uh, I can remember being exhausted for a year after I had my second baby because I went, I went back to work too quickly. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, like you said, you just kind of go for it and it's exciting because you're building something and you can see the results from it. And is it true, as tired as you can be, of course, as a mother, being a performer, new mother, all of that, is it true though, once you step on that stage to perform and your fans are out there screaming, you do get some energy and, and a boost from that, don't you? Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's an adrenaline that happens for sure. And this is kind of a positive, uh, warm, you know, welcoming yeah. feeling that, yeah, it's fun. Oh, I can just imagine once you're out there, the boost of support from those fans must be so powerful. Yeah, it really is. Oh, I love it. Is it true that you got your big break from selling merchandise on Garth Brooks tour? And how many times have you been asked that question? But is it true? <laughs> a lot. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it was my break in a way. I mean, so John and I, my husband and I moved to Nashville in 1990. We got married in Kansas in 1988. Mm. 
So we were newlyweds and we moved here and uh, I, with me wanting to get a record deal and him moving his sound company here. He has a concert sound company. And um, he really quickly got connected with Garth Brooks and ended up being his production manager on tour. And so all of a sudden I was in Nashville waiting tables and singing demos. I didn't know anybody really. And my husband was gone a lot. And I was like, I don't let, I don't really love this. So I said to him, is there a job I can do on the road so I, I can travel with you? And so he went to the merchant got, merchandise guy and asked if, I, if there was a job selling t-shirts. And he said, sure, yeah, she can come out and sell oh. t-shirts. So I did that for about seven months while I was, um, you know, working on getting a record deal. And then when that came through with RCA Records in 1991, um, I I still continued to sell t-shirts for a few more months until my record was finished. And somewhere during that time, um, Garth knew that I was a singer. I think my husband told him. (laughs) And um, so he he offered me the opening spot on his tour, kind of sight unseen. I mean, he'd never really seen me on stage. He'd never really heard me sing. So it was really a leap of faith on his part and um, one that I am so grateful for. Oh, he is one of the nicest men. We actually know Garth and Trisha, and I have to say, to get both of them are two of the sweetest, kindest people you will ever meet. Yeah. Don't you agree? Yeah. I agree, 100%. Oh, yeah. oh, I just love that. And that's so sweet of him. So you opened on tour with him. I did. Side unseen. He'd never heard you sing before. Right. Mm -hmm. We did seven seven shows uh, that year. And then I went and did some, I did his European tour as well. And uh, and then, you know, a few shows here and there over the years. And I just actually recently, he texted me on a Tuesday and said, we're playing Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City on Saturday. Do you want to come open the show as a surprise? And so I kind of, it was kind of a full circle moment for sure. Oh, I love that. Congratulations. That's so wonderful. Who have been some other mentors throughout your career? Um, well, let's see. Reba McIntyre, I always, oh. have always looked up to her um, as a businesswoman and as a performer. Um, you know, Tammy Wynette was always really nice to me when I first moved to town. Oh. Um, and then, you know, there are a couple executives that I that are mentors to me. Joe Galante, who, who signed me to our... Well, he, he was the head of RCA Records and we had a 17 year run to, together and um, it was just a fabulous um, executive and music fan and really allowed me, I hate to say allowed, but encouraged yeah. me to be who I am and to, to never, you know, he never tried to tell me what to record or how to be. And um, one time he came to my show and he said, you know, I, he said, I, I'm watching your show and every song is feels so authentic. And I said, well, that's because, you know, you supported that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's great to have an exec, a head of a record label like that in your corner. I know a lot of people don't have that experience, but I was lucky to have him. What a wonderful man. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. And I'm happy for you that you had him in your life. It, you're right. It's very important. Yeah. So you sing, you write, produce, and play a whole slew of instruments. Can you talk about how each talent fulfills a creative outlet for you? Yeah, well, I play piano and I I really only play piano. I mean, I've played saxophone in my high school band, but <laughs> I play it now and I play uh, three chords on the guitar, which is maybe all you need to write a song. But um, but creativity for me comes mostly from recording and, and producing a, a record. 
And I really love that process. It's, it's, it's so gratifying and exciting to me to go into a, a studio with a blank canvas and you can paint any kind of picture you want to paint. And you can work on it and tweak it and change it and, and play with it until it becomes exactly how you want it. And for me, that's usually a long process. I'm not a quick recorder. I like to really get in there and take my time. So it's, it's so much fun to create new music and then, and then to go out and, 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 you know, visualize how to present it on tour as, as another creative process. So they do kind of feed each other. Oh, I love that. Do you love doing music videos? Yeah, I do. Um, I've loved it over the years. Um, I haven't made one for a while. The last one I made was actually in quarantine, which was interesting because it's just me. <laughs> it's me and the camera guy six feet away with mask. Uh -huh. And, you know, it was it was kind of a isolating experience. But over the years, yes, I've loved making videos. I agree. It's like we can feel the uh, energy from your creativity. And that's one reason why I've looked so forward to speaking to you, because at the risk of repeating myself, when I watch you perform or just listen to you perform, the energy that comes from you is so powerful. Your talent is obviously God given. Oh. You were born to sing and perform. I believe that. Thank so. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Is it difficult that being in the spotlight is a byproduct of pursuing your creative passions? Not so much. I mean, I feel like because I'm pretty much an open book, it has never felt invasive to me. Okay. And, you know, in country music, we're pretty lucky, yeah. to be honest. We're not we're not um, quite as well. We're far from as, as invasive as it gets with the paparazzi. We don't really have that. And um, we kind of have control over the uh -huh. situation, knock on wood, yeah. <laughs> you know, but we're not followed in the grocery store and things like that. So, um, I think that if, if, it, if I was a different kind of, of celebrity, it would mm -hmm. be harder. You think it's because this genre of country music is such a family friendly feel. It's like, we all feel like you're our family and our friends when you sing mm -hmm. and perform the songs are straight from the heart. They go straight to our hearts. And I don't know, it's just everyone, in my opinion, as a fan, I feel like you're family. Why would we want to invade your privacy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so when you started to have children, did you have to adjust your touring and recording schedule? Did it make a big difference? Yeah, it did. Um, well, at first I had Delaney, she's 26 now. And when she was a baby, and, and my second one as well, we just we just took them on the road with us. So they were on the bus. We outfitted the bus with uh, a crib and I, I added a little cooktop to the bus so that I could make them food if, if the catering wasn't something that they would like. We yeah. just really took them everywhere. I took Delaney with me to Europe, you know, <gasps> oh. so it didn't change that much. But but I always thought to myself that when she starts kindergarten, when she starts school, yeah. I wanted her to go to school and have a similar experience that I had and John had. So I always said, you know, when she starts school, this is going to change. And my husband tells me he didn't, he's like, ah, it's not going to change, but it changed. So oh. we, we just started really touring on the weekends oh. and in the summer. So it's not the most cost-effective way to tour because you are renting buses and things by the month, but it's for me, I don't regret it at all. And I, and I turned down a lot of overseas work. I, I turned down some TV shows because I would have to be in LA for months at a time. And, but I don't regret that because, you know, I had all that time with them and, and they're, they're, I think better for it. Oh, and I uh, not, 
I'm not criticizing anybody that doesn't do that. I'm just right. saying it them it worked. They're yeah. really well-adjusted young women. So yeah, I mean, I did make a big change as far as just the amount of time that I could spend on the road. Oh, I love that. How close in age are your three daughters? They are 26, 23, and 16. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I have one at home. She just got her driver's license. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. We have two boys, uh, 41 and 34. <laughs> He's about to turn 42. Actually, our oldest son is going to have a birthday just next week. So he'll be 42. They're seven years apart. And yeah. we have a grandson. We just two days ago flew to Texas to celebrate our grandson's uh, 10th birthday. Oh, which awesome. I, I can't believe his sister is 11 and a half. So we have two grandchildren, 11 and a half and 10, which seems just uh -huh. like yesterday. That was our, you know, his father's age. Yeah. It's crazy yeah, yeah. how fast they grow up, isn't it? Oh, it is. And then it Philip, is. Yeah, it's crazy. Philip had a birthday yesterday, and our youngest oh. son's new daughter is six months old, and she sat up for the first time on Philip's birthday as a birthday oh, present. That's, oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know why I'm talking I, about my children, but but when we talk about children just like you, you're like, all of a sudden now they've grown up, she's gotten her driver's license, and it seems like yeah. you're just on the road with them as babies, I'm sure. Yes. I, oh, yeah, absolutely. I miss those days. I miss when I could put them on my hip and carry them around. And they were literally, you know, connected to you all the time yeah. physically. But it's fun, though, you know, to have have them older and really just to get to watch them blossom and grow and and, you know, to get to have similar interests and things like that. So it's every every stage is good. I think I think you're right. I think you're right. There were times when my boys were growing up and I thought, oh, I want to freeze this age. I want yeah, to freeze yeah. this age. And I can remember, Jay's going to be 42, but I can remember back when he was three months old and then, you know, like three years old. Oh, yeah. I want to freeze this age. So it's it's fun watching them grow up. At what age yeah. did your daughters start to understand that their mom is a country music icon or do they still just see you as mom? Pretty much they still see me as mom, except the older two, I will say for their whole time growing up, it was just what we did. It wasn't like a big deal. It, it wasn't like we made it a big deal. And when I was home, obviously I was just mom. Right. Yeah, and yeah. No, when I wasn't on stage is what I should say. Um, and, you know, we had conversations around the dinner table about everything from the music business to life, to what they did at school that day. It was, it was just, uh, it wasn't all about me is what I'm trying yeah. to say. So yeah. they didn't really have that cognizance of it. Yeah. Um, but now that they're older, 26 and 23, see, my youngest really hasn't experienced it as much as the other two. She, you know, I haven't been as active and touring and stuff the past since she's, she can remember. So she uh, has a different experience than the first two. But yeah, I can, it's interesting because now they are, they're, they know what it is, they know what it means and they're so supportive and so sweet about it. And they'll, you know, every once in a while they'll send me a video of them singing one of my songs, whether, you know, in the car. So oh. it's nice. It's, it's sweet that they can comprehend, you know, what I've accomplished. And, and then, you know, now it's my turn to get to support them in what they're wanting to do with yeah. their lives. So. Oh, and I'm just curious, this question just came to me. Did, when you would sit down to write a song, did they ever want to sit down and help you write the song? Not really. You know, I did ask their opinion on certain record things. Like I'd say, what do you think of this mix? Or what do you think of this song? But uh, they never got really into writing. I think my middle daughter's written a couple of songs. Oh. Um, but 
Yeah, and, and not super interested in the music business, like wanting to become a musician. Oh, so really? I was going to ask you if they sing or play instruments. They're all great singers. Oh, really? They all loved, they, they are great singers, oh. but they're just not, it's not a passion for them to get on stage in front of people. I mean, there's, that takes a certain thing. Yeah. Like, I think you have to grow up doing it. Alma, you have to grow up doing it, I really believe. And it, it's a certain kind of person that can, step on stage in front of a lot of people and share it that way. And I mean, honestly, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And so if you're not, if they don't want to do it, I would never, ever, you know, encourage them to, mm -hmm. because it's, it's not for everybody. It's, I agree. It's a lot of pressure and um, it's fun and all that, but you know, there is a certain amount of stuff that comes with it. Uh -huh. So I if agree. you're not cut out. <laughs> I agree. Our youngest son, opens for the Jonas Brothers on tour. And he's always wanted to be a musician, always play instruments and write music and perform. And he loves touring. And our other son, complete opposite, never had the desire. And both Philip and I have no talent. So it's fun <laughs> to see when your child expresses the interest to do that and can do it. It's, yeah. It is fun. It's, it's really interesting. And if they're not interested or do not want to do it, you, you can totally understand that. Yeah, I love The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential television. That. Okay, so now we've come to the first thing we do in every podcast. We actually have two things we do with every podcast. This is the first one. We're going to do the drink of the day. You're a Tennessee girl, so I thought we'd do a fun Tennessee lemonade in honor of you. So this okay. is, sadly, we're not together. We're doing this virtually, so I'm just going <laughs> to... Hold up my drink of the day <laughs> and pretend we're together and say cheers to you. And for all the listeners, they can go on. I've got a secret with robinmcgraw.com and they can see the image of the drink and have the recipe there. So this is one and a half ounces of Tennessee whiskey, one uh -huh. ounce of Contru, one ounce of lemon juice, four ounces of lemon lime soda. I used Sprite Zero because I love that. Lemon lime mm -hmm. sliced for garnish. You pour the whiskey, triple sec, and lemon juice into a Collins glass and add the ice. Top with the soda and stir well. Garnish with a lemon slice. So here it is. We're going to pretend we're together. Yeah. I'm saying cheers. Okay, cheers. Okay. So that's in honor of you and our podcast today. Awesome. Okay, so the next question, how has the industry changed for women since you started out? And is it, do you believe, for the better or for the worse? You know, when I came up, it was the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. We had a lot of women getting a lot of airplay on radio. We had, you know, Faith, Reba, Jody Messina, Sarah Evans, myself, Winona. I mean, you could, right? You could just yes, go on and on. Yes. And, um, and it was it was awesome. Patricia. And somewhere along the line that has turned around and it became a very male dominated format. And I feel and have been very outspoken about the fact that um, it's just sad to me for a couple of reasons. One, it's not fair. And two, it's we're missing a viewpoint 
of 50% or more of the population, right? Right. So there's there's young young girls that are listening to country radio that aren't hearing any woman's perspective. They're only hearing things from a man's perspective, which sometimes in country music now it's a bit uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Objectifying. Uh-huh. So they're looking their worth, right, is tied up in that instead of talking about how a woman really feels about real life and being a woman. Yeah. So it's just to me so disheartening because we have a whole generation of young girls who just aren't hearing that from their country music. And there and there's also not there's the women are not as successful on country radio. So then like if I hadn't have heard a lot of women on the radio, how would I have even known that's something I could do? Right. Yes. So it's just real important to have a balanced representation on such a huge medium as radio. And so uh, so it's worse in a lot of ways. I think we've made a little bit of progress over the past year or two. Um, but the music, the whole music industry has changed so much since I started. It's man, I was really lucky that I had experienced executives. I had uh, support. I had somebody explaining to me what I needed to do to make it work. You know, it was like, I had a machine kind of behind Uh me. And Mm -hmm. I see these young girls starting out now that are just having to do everything themselves and fight tooth and nail for every little inch that they move forward. And I'm just, I admire them so much. I don't know how they do it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I I'm so glad that you said that because as you said earlier, you, you admired Tammy Wynette and you had Reva McIntyre and, and, they're all such powerful women and mm-hmm. so talented. And you had all of them cheering for you. Plus you had them performing and you could hear their beautiful voices. You could see their success. And you had that as an education to let you know, yes, yes I've got so I can go for this. I can yes, do this. Exactly. It is something yeah. I can do and I can achieve because you can uh-huh. see it in them. And I, I agree with you. I think it's sad now that we're not getting to see the the road of success for so many of these young for for these young girls and of these young girls. They're just they're just appearing right before our eyes. We're not getting to see the the journey for them. Right. Right. And it's, yeah. it's it, sad. It is. And it's a disservice, I think, to country music fans, because. You know, there was an article that came out a few years ago that kind of got this whole thing rolling where this uh, radio uh, consultant said Mm -hmm. that women don't want to hear women on the radio. (gasps) Women want to hear men on the radio. And I was like, what? What? Because, I mean, I've not talked to one single woman that that agrees with that. I mean, we want to hear songs about our life. We want to hear songs that we can relate to. We want to hear songs that, that make us feel like somebody understands what we're going through. You know what I mean? And uh, so that became a thing. I don't know. I don't know how people ask me, why are there so many men on radio and no women? And I'm like, I don't know. I wish I could answer that question, but it's definitely an uphill battle. And you know, in my, this is just my opinion, but no, we need to hear women on the radio. We want to hear them. And especially in country music. And I'll tell you why I'm saying that. Because when you hear a female country artist singing, a large percentage of the time she's written that song herself mm-hmm. and it is from her heart because it is a personal experience. And who can tell a story better, a woman or a man, a woman, in my opinion, <laughs> especially if she's writing about something she's been through 
And what mm-hmm. better way for young women in the mm-hmm. music industry? Mm-hmm. That's a story they're learning from. That yes, is, that's exactly. an education she's giving them. And yes. in just in my opinion, young women in the industry are going to learn so much more if they're hearing that woman they admire and they respect singing their songs. Not always is it their personal experience, but boy, when they sing it, you believe it. You believe that yeah. it's something they've yeah. lived. That's true. Yeah. And I believe it more from a woman than I do a man. Yeah. Not bashing, no. not male bashing here, but right. I disagree with that poll that was taken. Yeah. Yeah. I think pretty much everybody does, but, but it still seems to be, I don't know if it's an excuse. I don't know what it is, but it seems to be a, a way of thinking, you know, forever there's been a thing in country music radio that you don't play two women back to back or you'll lose listeners. Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, you look at pop music, my daughters have daughters, they're young. So when we're in the car, you know, we listen to pop radio and there are women back to back all the time. And there's a huge support of women in pop radio. So I don't know. It's just, a, it's, it's interesting. I just, I hate that. You know who I'm thinking, who's coming to my mind right now that they should be playing back to back all the time right now, Kelly Clarkson. That woman yeah. can, can write and can sing a song and educate, boom. Even She's been- women my age, I'm 67, man, I can listen to one of her songs and think, wow, I'm going to change my yeah. thinking on this and on that. Yeah, she's amazing. She's just one of many. I mean, you, yeah. you yourself are, are one that needs to be played over and over and over when you sing a song. <laughs> and, and I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here in front of me, but uh, boy, now you've gotten me started. <laughs> okay, so this is a whole other podcast. We, yeah. we should start a podcast together about this. Yes, we sure should. So, yeah. who are some contemporary female artists that you admire in the genre? Well, I mean, a lot. There, you know, I, I love Little Big Town. They're uh, a group. They, got, they have two really strong female singers, um, Kelly. Um, there's a girl named Haley Witters who I really love. She's an up and coming singer songwriter. Mm. She wrote two songs on my last record, and she's just. Great. Um, Lori McKenna is an amazing songwriter and singer. Yay. And I'm trying to think of who else can really, that, that just comes from like Maggie. There's a girl named Maggie Rose that's a really great singer. Oh, I do know of her. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I had some of these girls open for me as well. So that's kind of how I'm familiar with uh, some of the, you know, I love that stuff. And, and yeah, I mean, Unfortunately, I can't rattle off I know. 15 or 20 that are successful. So but I'm I mean, sure there are that and more. So I love yeah. your music because you pour your heart and soul into it. I've said that before. But can you talk about your songs such as Independence Day and Broken Wing that share important messages for women? Were those songs difficult to get made? Not really. They weren't difficult to get made. Um, they were... a Independence Day was difficult to get played on the radio. It it just had about 10 stations that never did play it. They thought it was too controversial. Um, but, you know, it's after all these years, it's my signature song probably. Yeah. It, 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 I think it helps so many women get out of bad situations or at least have a have another perspective that they could shine a light on. Maybe this isn't my fault. Maybe I don't belong here. Maybe I shouldn't stay. So that was an you know, important song to me. Oh, very. And I was just so happy that I was the one that got to sing it, you know? Yes. Um, mm. So, we, yeah, some, some of them, I mean, and, and the landscape has changed now, too. I don't know if those songs would, would get played now, but I, I got lucky. And so, yeah. 
love it. Based on your music, it's no shock to see how philanthropic you are and that you focus on a cause that is very dear to my heart, ending domestic violence. Can you tell us about your work in this field? Yeah, well, I was, I've been the spokesperson for the domestic violence hotline. Yes. And, you know, we've done some fundraisers and things, and I, I was a spokesman for Child Help USA and oh. just different things, a national network to end domestic violence, you know. I mean, what really started that passion in me was Independence Day. That song changed my life, not just career-wise, but, you know, I grew up, as I said, in a really small rural area, and we didn't talk about domestic violence. I'm sure it happened, but it was never talked about. And I wasn't even really aware of it. Like, I can remember when I heard Independence Day and I was so moved by it. And I thought to myself, I just don't really know that a lot of people, I know it's not talked about and swept under the rug in so many places. So it, it just really awoke this passion in me to try to make a difference and do something mm -hmm. to help. I believe yeah. I understand that. When I started my foundation, When Georgia Smiled, and our foundation focuses on domestic violence and sexual assault, I named it in honor of my mother because when my mother smiled, I mean, it, it, she smiled from the very depths of her heart and just, mm -hmm. it just lit up a room. And mm -hmm. uh, my father was an alcoholic and God bless him. And so he never drank around us. We never knew when he was just not going to come home and then he would be gone for a couple of days. And so it was always this, this heaviness in the house. So she had this big smile on her face and we just knew everything was going to be okay. You know, when I, when my mother would smile, it brought this sense of peace and and calmness in, in the home and in our hearts. And so um, my father adored my mother and, and his family. And so we didn't suffer with domestic violence in our home or sexual assault mm -hmm. or anything. But when I wanted to focus my foundation on domestic violence and sexual assault, I named it When Georgia Smiled because I wanted to bring to the victims, survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault, the same sense of peace that my mother's smile brought to me and to our home into mm -hmm. to their lives. So that's why oh, I named it after my mother when Georgia smiled. But the reason I wanted to focus on domestic violence and sexual assault is because of the many shows that Philip has done. I've been to everyone. I've sat in the audience and been to every show he's ever taped. And it was the shows we've done on domestic violence and sexual assault that have moved me the most because I mm -hmm. will sit there and these women and men but mostly the women that have come not only seeking help with their situation, but the other women that have been there and mm -hmm. survived it and wanted to come back and help other women. The shows were so powerful and have moved me so much that that's why I chose to start my foundation and focus on that. And like you, it's something that I didn't grow up with, but once I learned about it, it's so mm -hmm. powerful. You can't yeah. not want to help. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I believe you don't have to experience domestic violence to want to help those who have or, or are experiencing it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and I know that you start your advocacy at home, teaching your daughters about the topic and empowering them. Is that correct? Yeah. Of course, we, we talk about it. Sure. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I, because when I do go across the country and speak on behalf of my foundation, the the entire premise and basis of my speaking to others uh, is education. I'll always start by saying education is key 
you have to educate those who maybe are in this situation or don't know if someone else is in the situation to educate what truly domestic violence is so mm -hmm. you can help those that are in it. So I think it's very important to do everything you can to educate others about domestic violence. Okay, well, switching gears a bit, do you have a memory from your career that is still a pinch me moment? Yes, the first time I won the CMA Female Vocalist of the Year, it was like, uh, you know, I'd watch that show on TV since I was a little girl and practice my speech in the mirror with the hairbrush, the whole thing. Yeah. And so to be able to hear, and, and at that point we'd been, uh, I guess I'd had eight years of record making and touring and we'd been nominated a few times, but had never won. And so by that time it felt earned, which is uh -huh. important to me. And for, not for me only, but for my team yeah. and people around me that work so hard. So, you know, hearing your name called when they open the envelope and then walking up the stairs or kind of floating up the stairs oh. and getting to make the speech and just being so happy for everybody around you that worked so hard and it finally happened. And, um, and I, you feel like Cinderella, you know, the whole rest of the night was just magical. It was just a magical night and I'll never forget it. Oh. I love that. You've recently received some new certifications for your music. What are they? Well, um, we have sold over 23 million records worldwide, which is astounding yes, to me. Yes. And that's really the big one. Yeah, I love um, that. Yeah. We set at 18 for a long time, and then they went and did some new, you know, however they, they update everything. Yeah. And it, it came in at 23, so wow. that's really exciting. That's amazing. You are, of course, an unbelievable songwriter and musician, but you also love to cook. You are just a creative woman who loves to share happiness. Is that right? That's true. And you yes, love I, to cook. I love that. I do. I love it. It's, 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 you know, I've been really lucky that I've been able to share the two passions of my life, which is, well, other than my family, which is love and, uh, I mean, music and cooking and entertaining and, um, so yeah, I love it. I feel like it, it, they, they're kind of similar to me in a way. You know, I feel like music and food are, the, are two things that people love. Yeah. They bring comfort. They bring people together. Yeah. So yeah, that, I love that. That's wonderful. What's your signature dish to cook? Um, let's see. Probably my mom's pot roast. She taught me how she. That was her signature dish, and then she taught me how to how she did it, and and um, I put it in my cookbook, my second cookbook, and uh. She, it's just, yeah, it's comfort to me, you know, yep. it's, it's like home. And I, and I think it's become the same thing for my kids because I only make it on like special occasions oh. or Christmas dinner. We have, that's what we have for Christmas dinner. So they, they, they really get a, a sense of like a great food memory with that dish. I do remember Philip and I just celebrated 45 years of marriage. And I actually can remember probably not, I can't remember the year, but We'd been married maybe seven, eight years, and I declared this is the last pot roast I'm ever going to attempt. Because <laughs> I, my mother was a phenomenal cook as well, and I, she made the best pot roast ever. But I swear, and and when I said it, Jay and Jordan, Jordan was a baby, but Jay and Philip both started clapping like, "Thank you, thank you." <laughs> I cannot do a pot roast, so I'm so excited to to attempt yours, but. That's wonderful because that's one of my favorite dishes. Do you cook with your daughters? Yeah, I do. Uh, my oldest daughter is actually, she's a personal chef. <gasps> she's a massage therapist. Um, she teaches yoga and she's a personal chef. She's my little earth mother. And then 
so she cooks a lot and we cook a lot together. I help her with her personal chef business a little bit sometimes. And she oh. will come and cook in my kitchen, which is nice. And then my middle daughter who lives in New York never wanted to cook. She never had interest in it. I think she was a little bit insecure about it. Maybe, you know, not confident, but she moved to New York and she started in the past, maybe five or six months cooking and loves it. Oh. And that's exciting for me to see that her pet, her, her love for that kind of awaken. And then my 16 year old is an amazing cook. She's probably the best cook of all of us, but she doesn't do it very often. And she's very like, she doesn't really follow recipes. She's kind of a very intuitive cook. And um, we all love it when she gets in the kitchen. Wow. Yeah. Of course, now that she has a driver's license, she may never be in the kitchen. But <laughs> no, right? But, oh, so she cooks without a recipe. Yeah, she does things like, like she makes the best scrambled eggs that I've ever tasted, the best grilled cheese that I've ever tasted, very simple things, but like, they're just so delicious. And I don't know. And I'm like, what is, what did, what did you do to these eggs? And she's like, I don't know. Yeah, she's kind of know. about it. Oh, I it's, love that. Great. Oh, that's so fun. So tell us, what does the next 30 years hold for you? And I hope it includes another album. <laughs> I hope so too. I really do. Um, I don't know, you know, I have worked in this business a long time and I still love it. Um, but I also want to, you know, maybe take a little bit of time back from it and, and not back from it, but like away from it and travel and, and, and for not work, you know, like travel for, for vacation. And um, I think one thing that the pandemic taught me was to that you don't have to be go, 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 go all the time. It's okay to say no. I'm learning that as I get older. Um, it's okay to say no once in a while if you're not really feeling it. It's okay to relax. It's 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 productive to rest, those kind of things. So, you know, the next 30 years, I hope, is busy at my own pace yes. and full of um, family and experiences and, yes, more music. I love that. So we've come to the second experience in this podcast that I talked about earlier, two things we do with every podcast, and that is play a game. So it's the game <laughs> of the day. Do you like playing games? Sure. We created a game that is focusing on our podcast with you. It's called Country Remix. So okay. because you, Martina, are a country music veteran, so I want to put your knowledge to the test. I took some famous country songs and I jumbled them all up with the letters of the song. So I'm going to say and show you the anagram and you'll have to guess which country song it is. So the first one I'm going to show you is by Faith Hill and you're seeing Hits Sisk. Okay. This kiss. Yes. <laughs> okay, here comes the next one. The next one I'm showing you is by Shania Twain. And what you're seeing is Man, Elfie, Ama, Now. Okay. Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Yes, by Shania Twain. Okay. Shania Twain. And this one actually looks like a song title. It's by Maren Morris, Be Honest. Okay. Uh, ooh. Is it the, the is bones? Oh, look, a look. The bones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what it is. That's so funny. Okay. I'm now that was hard I'm, to see. I know. Now I'm showing you Garth Brooks in your scene. Finders in Wall Plossock. Friends in low places. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And this one is by 
Reba McIntyre, one word, fancy. Fancy. Fancy, that's right. And, oh, I wonder how long it's going to take you, Martina McBride, to figure out Le Vantine. Ha-ha, Valentine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Now, it's by Blake Shelton, and you're seeing Country's Dog. God's Country. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I'm showing you a Carrie Underwood song. I'm showing you something that says Fareeb Cheetahs. Fareeb Cheetahs. It's before he cheats. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, Martina McBride's song again. I'm just wondering if you're going to get this. How fast do you get it? Andy Dependency. <laughs> Independence Day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And our last one is by Taylor Swift. Mitt McWarg. Hmm. Tim McGraw. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's the end of that game. And unfortunately, the end of today's episode, Martina. It was such a pleasure talking to you today. Can you please tell <laughs> the listeners where to find you online and also how to learn more about your new exhibit? Sure, you can find me online at martinamcbride.com. Very simple to remember. And then I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, just under Martina McBride. Yes, wonderful. It has the blue check mark behind it because there's a lot of fake accounts out there. I know, I know. Okay, great. Well, that was that's wonderful. And I am so happy that we had this time together. Secret Squad, head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for exclusive recipes, merchandise, and blogs. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.